So we are talking about the Holy Spirit, and I want to talk about the Holy Spirit as being God's presence with us. Do you remember when you were young and you, your grandparents arrived for a visit? Do you remember that? Do you remember the look on your grandparents' face when they saw you? Do you remember that? You know, that absolute delight, that just like, ah, you are the most wonderful, beautiful thing I've ever seen. You remember that? Some of you are grandparents. You know, you know what I'm talking about. The rest of us just have to imagine our grandparents. But, but you know, remember that feeling. Think about this. I remember this quite well, but you're, you're doing that three-legged race at school. you like in about grade three or grade four. It's sports day, and you didn't make it into any of the really fast races, but you are now doing your three-legged race. And you're with your partner, and you, you, the gun goes, you set off, and you halfway down the very short field, you f your partner falls, and everyone's passing you, and you manage to get your partner up, and then you continue with your three-legged race, and you know, you, you manage to come not last. Yes, I remember that. Do you remember those? Do you remember those? And you get over and, and your heart is beating and you're like, you're feeling like a failure and a slightly embarrassed and you look over and there's your dad. And he is cheering like you just won the comrades. You know, he's just, he's just going crazy for you. Do you remember that? Sure. Do you remember that, that feeling that it produced inside of you? That, that sense of, oh my word, someone loves me, I'm safe no matter what I do, he's, there's someone there for me, just that feeling of dad is here. Let me give you another one. Brides, ladies who are married, do you remember when you were walking down the aisle and your, your groom turned around and saw you do you remember the look on his face? I want to tell you, Andrew cried. <laughs> I don't, you know, I still haven't asked him why he cried. I, don't, <laughs> I haven't asked him why he cried, but, but, he, but he did cry. I assume it was with joy. Mike saying he cried too. I remember. He, Mike snotty cried. I mean, that's like, and I remember their wedding. He had good reason to snotty cry. Bianca looked very beautiful. So you remember that. Grooms, do you remember that moment when you turn around and saw her? If you're not married, remember when you first saw that person. <laughs> but that, that, that feeling of absolute delight and wonder. Do you remember that? Do you remember, you're saying, what on earth has this got to do with the Holy Spirit? But that is, that is about human presence, important human people that, that when they're there, they make a difference to your life. Just their expressions, their body language, their presence changes everything. We have a God who is the greatest groom, the most wonderful father, the best friend. And through the Holy Spirit, He's here. You cross any line, having labored, worked, maybe achieved what you wanted to achieve, but maybe not. He's there cheering. You step into a room and his face is lighting up. When you're battling, he's that big brother who's picking you up, putting, on him, putting you on his shoulders and saying, we're going to make it. 
We're going to do this together. You don't need to have it all. I've got a lot. (laughs) Take some of mine. When I talk about Holy Spirit being God's presence with us, this is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a relational presence of God with you day in and day out. The promise of heaven that he, there would come a time in history where God would be with his people 24-7. When God would be present, available, connected to his people always. The death and resurrection of Jesus made a way for that to happen. And that is Holy Spirit with you. I want to talk about a scripture, Acts 2, 17 to 18. It's actually Peter recounting a prophecy that had been written hundreds of years before that. And it had spoken about the hopes of the nation of Israel. And they, they, had, they had been struggling with various things, but they looked forward to a time when they knew God was going to set everything right. He was going to take away the problems. He was going to bring his sovereign rule over all of the earth. And one of these prophets, Joel, makes this profound prophecy about that time. He says this, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see dreams. Your old men will dream dreams. Even, sorry, your young men will see visions. Did I say that? Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in they, those days and they will prophesy. He looked forward to a time when God wouldn't just come in fits and starts and fall on one person and, and prophesy and that person prophesy and you know, then God would be gone and they'd be left to work it out all on their own all over again. Joel was prophesying about a time when the Spirit of God would be available and present to every single person. To every single person. There's another prophecy that was written by another prophet called Ezekiel. We've, st- we've spoken about him before. He was the guy who did the dry bones prophecy. You remember we did it some weeks back. He's the dry bones guy. But he also, talking about this time that Joel had been prophesying about, which is our time, he gave this prophecy. He says this, I will give you, talking about the nation of Israel and all the people of Israel, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone. We sang about that earlier. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. I mean, Israel was struggling to keep those 613 laws of God. You know, every time they took a step, there was another regulation about it. There was just, you know, it was like a minefield. Day in and day out, you know, you just had to walk so carefully. What has God said? What is that obscure verse about that or this? And am I keeping them all? It was, I mean, when I think about it, it must have been very tiring. And Ezekiel said, don't worry. I know this is tough, but there will come a time when I'm going to do it completely differently. I'm, I'm going to, instead of giving you an external set of laws and regulations to keep, I'm going to do something profound. 
I'm going to come and live inside of you and I am going to cause you to follow my ways from an internal motivation. I will give you joy in doing what's right. I will make you good from the inside out. I will make it so that I don't even need to have rules and regulations. You will exceed my righteousness just because of me being inside of you. And this must have been such a joyful thought to these, these men and women. We know that because Peter reiterated Joel's prophecy on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out, we know now what these men were talking about. They were talking about this divine, divine experience that we all get. And that is, as we come to Jesus, we are filled with the presence of God. And now, believe it or not, you don't have to go to a special man of God to get the news of what God is doing. You don't go, need to go to a, to a special place to hear what God is saying. He's living inside of you, speaking, breathing, acting, doing, healing, yeah. revealing. Sounds like a song. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a God with you. There's a God with you. There is the God with you. This phrase has been just pounding through my mind and heart for so long. I feel like, I feel like God is creating a well of the word, his presence, and his power in this place. We have a vision statement that says we see lives, communities, society transformed by discipleship in God's word, his presence, and his power. And, you know, I just feel like God, in, he, He's bringing His Word in a powerful way that is transforming us. But He's doing powerful works amongst us. But in the middle of all of this, He's settling His presence amongst us. He's leading us by His presence. He's being present to us. He's being that Father that you've always wanted. Maybe when I shared those things at the beginning and you, you, you heard that story of the father at the finish line and you thought, I never had a father like that. Oh, I would love to have had that. You have him. Yes. He is Holy Spirit with you. Yes. You might say, oh my word, I've never been married. I've, ne I've never seen that look of delight on someone's face to that extent. Yes, you have. He's God with you, Holy Spirit. You might never have had the joy of a, an older brother who's there to defend you from the bullies at school, to, to take care of you um, when mom and dad are not around. Yes, you do. He is the Holy Spirit, the empowering, glorious, strong presence of God with you, with you. So when I think about God's presence, I think of two things. I think of Holy Spirit being God's relational presence with you. His relational presence with you. you you're thinking, why has you got a picture up of a guy with earphones clearly having a good time with his music? Because when I think of God's relational presence, this is what it feels like to me. God's presence, his relationship with me. It feels like I'm going through life. You know how people with earphones are? You know, they're with you, but they're not with you. you. You remember that. You know what that's like. And you know, they're singing and it's off key and it's awful, but they are clearly having a really great time. 
But you know, I feel like when I'm conscious of his presence with me, this is what it feels like. It feels like the whole world is going on around me, but I have a message that is continuously playing in my heart that goes something like, you're loved, you belong, you're strong, you're able, nothing is impossible. Come on, you can do it. God is with you. There, are, there is life ahead. I feel, like, I feel like it's like this message playing in my ears, in my heart, in the deepest place. And no matter what's happening around me, it's, it's driving a rhythm. It's creating a rhythm, a pace in my life. This is what it means to be in relationship with Holy Spirit. That he's speaking a message that is louder than the negativity of the world, than the fear and the shame and the hopelessness that, that tries to bombard you from the world around you. It's a message that comes from the deepest inside part of you and it's pounding out a rhythm of life and blessing. Walk this way, go this way, do this, live this way. You can do it. I'm with you. Miracles are ahead. Something great is about to happen. He tells me, you know, when I wake up in the morning, the overriding thing I hear from the Lord is something great is about to happen. <laughs> this day, this day is going to be better than the last. This day, you're going to conquer more than you've conquered before. This day, you're going to see greater things than you saw before. Something great is about to happen. It's a message that just, just drives through your mind and your heart, overriding every other message that comes from the world. Yes! So how do we experience His presence? You know, people have often asked me, what does the voice of God sound like? And people often miss it because it's sometimes a lot more subtle than you think it is. And I often tell people, when you're trying to hear God speak to you, don't think too hard. Because if you think too hard, it's almost like you think right past Him. God's voice, Mark Berkeley said this, and I think it's one of the most profound definitions I've ever heard. Mar God's voice sounds like a flow of spontaneous thought. It's a flow of spontaneous thought that creates delight, joy, peace, and blessing in you. It's a flow of spontaneous thought that as you meditate on it, gets stronger and stronger. It's a flow of spontaneous thought that echoes the voice of God that you hear coming from his Bible. It's a flow of spontaneous thought that directs you towards righteousness, peace, truth. How about a picture in your mind? How about something that just flashes in your mind. This is the truth. One time, well, it's happened a couple of times, but I'm, this one particular time, I'm driving somewhere, and I've run out of data on my phone. My phone's not working so well, so my, my GPS is coming on and going off, and, you know, finally I abandon the whole thing, and I'm trying to get to this place, and I have a vague memory of where I'm supposed to go, but I'm in an area that I just don't know the roads at all, and I just... I just get a picture in my mind of an intersection and me turning left. I mean, it's just, it's not like, you know, it's not like uh, uh, earth shattering. It's not like the world stood still. It was just, yeah. like, just a quick little in my mind. Yeah. And I thought, well, you know what? Either that was God or I don't know what it was, but what, I have nothing else to go on. So let me just choose that. Yeah. Turn down that road and there the place is. Yeah. You know, and I, I feel like it's, it's, it's God speaking to us just... In pictures, 
just every now and just like a flash of a, a thing that's true that comes into your mind. I have scriptures under all of these things that you can look up for yourself to show you that it happened in the Bible too. <laughs> How about words or music in your mind? How many of you have woken up in the morning with a song playing in your head? With a worship song playing in your head? <laughs> Guys, I want to propose to you that that's not your great musicality. I want to propose that to you. I want to, I want to say that perhaps that is God reminding you of truth. Perhaps that's the Spirit of God singing over you in worship and in delight. Not a worship of you. <laughs> delight in you. You worship Him. He delights in you. Just God just creating this environment of worship and delight between you and Him. How about a feeling in your body? I mean, that's, that's a weird thing, but it's... Believe it or not, the primary way God speaks to you. The Bible says that there is a peace that passes understanding. What is he talking about? He's talking about a peace that doesn't come from your mental evaluation of the situation. It's a peace that doesn't come because you've figured it out. It's a deep-seated sense of everything's right. You know, it's... It is the primary way that God really guides us. I would say it's the most common way that we hear and sense his presence. You've, you've been in a situation and, and you know, something just didn't feel right. It was like there was an uneasiness in your heart. You couldn't really explain it. And it led you to explore, ask questions. And then suddenly something, somebody said something or did something and it changed, the situation changed and you felt peace just return to your heart. What is that? That's the Holy Spirit guiding you towards truth. That's the Holy Spirit leading you towards the right solution. How about insight you didn't have before? You know, suddenly, you know, the Holy Spirit makes you wiser than you could ever imagine. Smarter than you'll ever know. I'm sitting in a lecture last year. One of the premier professors in the area of evangelism is lecturing us. I mean, it is like revival in his class. I mean, it's just profound. He's saying the most incredible, delightful, wonderful things. And it's just, and then he, you know how professors are when they're trying to get you to learn, they start asking you questions. And you know, they ask you a difficult question and they know you're going to answer wrong. And then they can show you how great they are because they know the real answer. Have you ever, have you ever experienced that? You know, it's like, and so you want your answer, but you know that whatever you answer, he's going to tell you, no, ha, ha, funny you thought that. This is the real thing. <laughs> so I'm, si I'm sitting in this lecture of my whole class, and he starts asking us questions like that, and I just know the answer. So I, I say, I put up my hand and I say it. Yeah. And I can see he's a little crestfallen. <laughs> so, yeah, very, very nice, Carol, very nice. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then a little while later, another question, and just something pops into my mind. So I say it, and I can see he's like, now he's a little agitated. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, thank you, Carol, and then he, he says a bit more. I like three or four times this goes on. Finally, he just stopped asking me. <laughs> yeah, he just, like when he asked a question, he would just look, not look at me. Like... <laughs> But, you know, afterwards, he actually came up to speak to me. And he said, have you studied this 
course before. How did you know all that? I said, I don't know. It just, it just came to me. <laughs> there is a way. There's a way that the Holy Spirit will make you wiser than your teachers. There's a way that your Holy, the Holy Spirit will make you able to assimilate situations better than the most experienced person. There's a way that he will, he will give you what you need to succeed in every situation, every business deal. He'll show you things you no one else knows. He'll, he'll give you insight that no one else can understand. He'll, he'll make you the wisest student, the, the best employee. He'll, he will do stuff like that. His relational presence with us. And ah, inside you didn't have peace in your heart. We, so we already spoken about this. But there's the scripture in Philippians 4 that, that his peace guards you. His peace guards you. I want to jump back to talking about a feeling in your body. But I, a couple of weeks back, I don't know if you remember, uh, actually it was at the, Encounter God evening, the two Encounter God evenings back. So I don't know if you were there or not, but during the Encounter God evening, I started getting this pain in my belly. And it wasn't like a a huge pain, it was just a very uncomfortable feeling. And so when we were doing ministry time, I I took a chance and said, maybe that's the Holy Spirit speaking to me. And I said, is there anyone here who's battling with problems in the intestine. There was a lady who stood up and she came up for prayer and said, yes, I've been battling for years with this problem. And the doctors suspect cancer um, and I, I'm in process of being tested for that. I think, I think where are you? Did, did you did, had they already diagnosed cancer or they had, they had already diagnosed cancer in her, in her intestines? So we prayed, and I felt, I felt God touch her, just felt the presence and just the, the love of God over her. She came to me this morning, and she said to me, she just got the test back, and there is no cancer. She's all clear. But that, that was the Holy Spirit leading me through kind of a feeling or experience in my body. It was that him talking to me in a different and an unusual way. So it's his relational presence, but there's also his empowering presence. He makes, not only does he make you smarter than you really are, he makes you stronger than you really are. You know how it was when you were young and you were like trying to do something like push a wheelbarrow or something and you know there was, it was like just very hard and then your dad came up behind you and he picked up the handles and he pushed it on your behalf and look how strong you are, care? That's what my dad would say to me often. Look how strong you are. And I mean, of course I'm doing absolutely nothing. He's doing everything. But I feel that's what the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit is. He takes the load and we get the credit. I mean, how glorious and lovely is God? Of course, we reflect that credit and praise back to Him. But nonetheless, He's so good at bringing His power behind our effort and making something spectacular out of it. So His empowering presence, there are two aspects to His empowering presence. And first of all, it's righteousness. There's a scripture that talks about it in Galatians 5, 22 to 23, and it says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. What does that mean? That means that, that He comes and gives you those things when you don't have them yourself. You know, I'm not a naturally patient person. 
I just want to say that. I just want to make a confession here. Can you all just say, poor Carol? Maybe you need to say, poor Andrew, actually. <laughs> I'm not a na naturally patient person. But you know, I find... <laughs> poor Andrew. I find that when... When I'm connected to the Holy Spirit, when I'm aware of His presence, I can have infinite patience with the most irritating person. <laughs> but not Andrew. Not Andrew. <laughs> not Andrew. <laughs> it's actually easy to have patience with Andrew. But I find myself being the better person. And, you know, I can often look back at those situations and say, Oh my gosh, I was, I was really a nice person there. Isn't that amazing? Uh, you know? Whoa, whoa. <laughs> and, I, and I guess what I'm saying, there's this empowerment of the Holy Spirit to make you better, to make you the person you've always dreamed of being. You know, the, the person who's just, who's, who's loving, who's kind, who's got the right answers, who knows when to keep quiet. You know, the, per, the person who, who is able to forgive easily, the person who's able to empower others and see the good in others. That's what he does. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But as I think of these things, I sometimes think that wanting to be a good person or a better person sometimes can be a little bit of a selfish thing. You know, sometimes we want to be better just, just for ourselves. And I mean, I guess it's not a bad thing, but, but I feel like the Bible is even, has even a greater joy for you. And that is we become better people so that we can bring the better environment of God to, to where we are. There's a guy called Michael Paul, and he is a teacher and he, or a theologian, and he said this, the prophetic messages of the Old Testament predicting the outpouring of the Spirit focus on two areas, bringing justice for the oppressed and marginalized and showing mercy to the needy and the lowly. You know, God makes us better people because he's got a plan for your life. He actually thinks of you as a deliverer. He thinks of you as one with solutions for the needy, the marginalized, the ostracized, the poor, the hopeless around you. That, that not only is he making you better just for you to be better, he's making you better so that you can reach out and, and bring better hope, better life to the people around you. That you can bring justice and freedom and life to those around you. There's this incidents that happened that just still when I think about it today makes me happy on the inside. We were pastoring a church in Namibia at the time and we had started, I had started a counseling ministry and we had about 25 counselors, highly trained counselors that were ministering to all across Vintook at the time and it we were having startling success and they were very, very highly trained, um, trained to, to deal with the most difficult situations. And then we had a group of people that were kind of in training. They just started, and they were just handling the, the most basic of situations. And two of my very highly trained counselors happened to be going on holiday at the same time, and they said, we can't leave the people we are counseling because they're very difficult situations. Is there someone who can take over our counseling load while we are away? And 
unfortunately, there was no one except for this one guy who put up his hand. He said, I know I've just started. I can't do everything that you do, but I can just meet with these people on a weekly basis while you're away just to make sure that the wheels don't fall off. You know, just keep everything together. When you come back, you can carry on with the ministry. So this guy, his name was Francois. A uh, young guy, he, he started taking over this counseling load. And I, I speak to him a couple of weeks later and I say, you know, you know that alcoholic guy that, has, that is you seeing, how's it going? He's a, he's a particularly diffi- difficult case. There's, there's violence in the home and it's, it's, you know, it was a tough case. I said, How, how's it going with him? He said, oh, no, he's free. I said, what do you mean he's free? Oh, no, he do, he's not an alcoholic anymore. I said, sorry? <laughs> You've been with him two weeks? What are you talking about? No, 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 he's, he's fine. Um, so I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> There's no way he can be fine. He says, no, no, this is all I did. I, uh, when he came to me, I said, let's pray and let's invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you and tell you what's going on in your heart. So he sat down, he prayed, and the Holy Spirit arrived, and the Holy Spirit uh, said something to the guy, and the guy said, oh, that's nice. I feel much better. He came back the next week and said, oh, I haven't drunk at all this whole week. Every time I feel like drinking, I just do what you did. I, I sit down and say, Holy Spirit, tell me what I need to know so I don't take this drink. Holy Spirit comes and tells him something. He stops drinking. So the, guy, the guy's a little bit taken aback. He says, okay, well, let's try one more week. So let's pray again. They prayed again. He went another week, and he came back. He said, no, I haven't touched a drink either, and I, I'm not, not even feeling much like it anymore. And this went on week after week, and this guy literally was no longer an alcoholic <laughs> because the empowering presence now listen guys it doesn't always happen like that but this th- this is an example of something that God can do more and more his empowering presence with us able to meet the needs of our heart make us better people undo the effects of the trauma and the difficulty that we faced and and just create righteousness and goodness and life and wholeness and freedom inside of us so he's not only bringing about righteousness in this, he's also bringing about powerful acts of love. Miracles. Supernatural things that you couldn't do. You know, I remember the very first time I experienced God's miraculous power. I was actually a teenager, and I had pimples on my pimples. <laughs> I mean... And they didn't have medication for in those days. We just had to, like, make it through. (laughs) Try not to get your skin scarred. Try not to get your soul scarred. Just make it through puberty. So I'm standing in the bathroom one day, and I'm looking at my, my pimples on my pimples. And I said this. I literally said this. God, if you're real, you can take away my pimples. I'm not lying. It wasn't like I woke up the next day and there were no pimples. But I did wake up the next day and there were fewer pimples. And I woke up the next day and there were fewer pimples and fewer pimples and fewer pimples. And within two weeks, I was pimple-free and I think maybe I had four more pimples in my whole life. Yeah, I know. That's wow. It's wow. Rakuten, <laughs> Holy Spirit in. Rakuten out. But I, I guess this was, this was my first experience and I was like, Oh, my word, there's a God, and he, he cares about my pimples. <laughs> then I remember um, being pregnant with one of our children. I can't even remember which one. And I was walking out of the hospital after a checkup. And as I was walking out of the hospital, there was a young boy. He must have been about 15, and he was in a wheelchair, and he had cerebral palsy. So he 
he didn't have control over much of his body. He had to be strapped in. And, you know, he, he wasn't able to really interact well, couldn't talk well. He was trying to talk to the person who was pushing the wheelchair, and his voice was very difficult to understand. And as I was standing there, it's almost like God gave me a glimpse into what it must be like to be stuck in a body that won't do what you want it to do. What would it be like to, to live in a prison like that day in and day out? And, you know, as I, I, I didn't go and pray for him, um, he, he didn't get healed, praise healed now. But it did something in my heart that said this, God, the, what you did on the cross has got to be big enough for situations like that too. Because people are suffering. They, they're unable to experience the fullness of what God has for them. And there's a way where we can partner with the Holy Spirit and we can see triumph and victory in situations like this. We can press in to see His empowering presence make a difference. John 14 verse 12 says, As I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Promise from Jesus. A promise from Jesus. Perhaps we won't do greater things in in extent, because I don't know how you do greater than raising someone from the dead. You know, I just, I can't think of a greater thing than that. But certainly, I think he's definitely talking about greater in number, more, uh, more widespread across the nation through thousands of people carrying his empowering presence. Jesus' resurrection is proof that a powerful new reality was inaugurated through him. It serves as God's notice to all the powers of evil that their time is up and his kingdom has come through Christ and is continued by his church. Jesus stood on this earth. He made a mark in time and he said this far and no further. Everything evil must stand back across that line for I am making a statement. I will pour out my spirit on my church. They will stand and they will bring the victory that I have won through the cross into every area of life. My empowering presence will be with them to change lives. Since that time that I told you about with that terrible palsy boy, I have felt literally bones move under my hands. I felt lumps disintegrate under my hands. I felt I've seen people's faces light up as pain left their body. I've seen radical transformations. And I feel like so many of you have seen those too because I've, I've watched you pray for people. And like we saw a couple of weeks ago, just... Um, Diseased eyes become instantly non-diseased. Just changes happening. And I, and I hear the Spirit of God speaking to each and every one of you. You were born for the miraculous. You were born to say nothing is impossible. You were born to stand with my victory as your breastplate, with my righteousness enfolding you. And you were born to say to the evil, get back behind that line. For the empowering presence of my God is with me, and he has said. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In conclusion, Holy Spirit is God's relational and empowering presence with us. Through him, we get things done. With him, we live the life we've always wanted. You were born to be partnered with the great God of creation, Holy Spirit in you. Thank you, Lord. Can we give the Lord a hand? Yeah.